Welcome to the Heart Tech Podcast, a show about innovation, technology, and leadership. This podcast is brought to you by The Heart. Today, Paul Graham from MasterCard Labs. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, good to be here. So let's start with your journey towards your role today at, at the labs uh, at MasterCard. Uh, what led you to the space of innovation and maybe what excites you in, in this role right now? So I've got a quite unusual path to MasterCard. So being in a corporate, um, I've always been in small business or in startups. Um, in, my, in my formative years of business, uh, I started off in telecoms back in 2000 and uh, was very critical of the companies I worked for to the extent that I decided I could do better myself. Um, so I started a telephone company and uh, ran it for more than a decade before I exited. Uh, and then after that, I was looking for something new to do. And I got very interested in digital payments. And I guess I became a bit of a champion for small business. Uh, I saw the large supermarkets abusing the relationship of the high street uh, and I thought I could uh, provide a product to the high street that allowed small businesses to work together to compete against the, uh, I guess, the national brands. I ran a company then uh, that was focused on digital payments and loyalty. It was a collaborative loyalty program and uh, it was going very well uh, for a long time until it didn't. <laughs> but I got a lot of experience out of uh, understanding the market and I came across MasterCard as a, a technology player in the, in the financial services space. Uh, and I got very excited about their aspirations of securing online payments, um, primarily with tokenization. And uh, a long story short is uh, I, I, I got a, a role within MasterCard and digital payments, uh, and that led me to the role that I'm doing now uh, in innovation. And basically what I, I guess I'm championing is our innovation muscles, um, I guess, as a technology company and helping our customers across the European region uh, take advantage of those to both protect their existing customer bases and grow them uh, in, I guess, modern ways. So injecting digital into the core of their businesses rather than seeing it as something that just the the new insurgents can do. And you've already mentioned part of that. How is really MasterCard's business that people know from their cards and the plastic yeah. changing? And what's the role of Labs in all this? MasterCard, is it's a 50-year-old company. And uh, when you look at the evolution of the company from the, from the formative years in the 60s through to what they are today, uh, and then you realize that still card payments are not the dominant player. Cash is still king in lots of markets around the world. And while there's still a lot of work to do in digitizing payments, so you know, if you think of any card transaction as a digital transaction, the place of the internet and cloud computing and some new regulations, uh, certainly in Europe, are opening up the financial services space for new digital players. New being startups and new being um, the, the, the giants of this world. So Apple, Google, you know, in China, Alibaba, um, for example, you know, there's a lot of different types of organizations playing in the financial services space from a, an app perspective or an online payments perspective. You think PayPal, for example. Meanwhile, we've got all these banking customers that have taken advantage of the card rails that we provide. And where that's good, regulation has been, I guess, you know, championing the consumer, making sure that it's more cost effective uh, to, to use cards or to accept cards from a merchant perspective. But digital as a transformational technology 
um, it's the new industrial revolution. And if we're not core, if we're not digital at our core, then I, th I think we're not going to help our customers um, win in, in, in this space where there's new emerging entrants all the time. So digital is, is hugely important in the transformation of, of MasterCard's long-term strategy. Um, it's business as usual to some extent, where there's debit cards and credit cards out there. How we give access to those and the tools we build for our customers to give access to those tools is very, very important. But you start looking at different ways of moving payments around the world. You know, you've heard of blockchain, for example, um, as a as a, a new technology coming coming into the marketplace. And you know, I guess my job is to figure out, you know, where does that fit? You know, in our existing business models, how do we embrace it, or how do we protect against it if that's the case? But you know, ultimately, you know, understanding what the new technologies are is core to the role that I have now. We work at the heart with many corporate executives that are trying to figure out the best model for their innovation activities. Can you share some of your approaches to innovation within the labs and how they have been evolving? I know you've done multiple things in different ways. Uh, can you share some examples of how you're working at the labs? Within labs, we have a, a, some different initiatives, uh, both internal and external, to 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 encourage and uh, um, inspire uh, innovation. So we believe that our employees are probably one of the best sources of new ideas. So we run lots of different programs to try and encourage that. Um, for example, uh, we have a, a program uh, called Take Initiative, uh, which is basically a 48-hour hackathon um, that any employee in the organization, not just developers um, uh, can participate in. And what happens is there'll be a team, you know, people will get into teams of four or five people and they'll be given three problem statements and they'll choose one to solve against. And then once they've got their, their, their thoughts in place, they're given 48 hours uh, to come up with a, a prototype, a video and a pitch deck that they'll pitch in a five minute pitch to the rest of the organization. That goes out on our internal television channel across the world to all our different uh, locations. And um, eventually winners will be chosen from regions that will compete in a, uh, finals. a global finals. Yeah. And the winning team usually gets uh, a bit of money, uh, which is nice for them. And also if the idea is interesting enough to the business, um, it may go on into what we call a, an idea box which is basically an internal method of creating a startup. I heard or read about the, that approaches both at Adobe and at, at MasterCard, where you were actually giving some budget or like on a credit card almost like mm. or for the for the person to validate that idea. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's a significant amount of money. And there's a bit of a process to get through to the investment stage. But uh, just, just recently there, um, there was a, an idea that came through the idea box system that has just been funded to the tune of, I think, about a million dollars. Um, so the uh, the team that was involved in that project steps out of their day job and goes for six months into their day job, then becomes working in this startup you know, internally to, to MasterCard to actually develop a product for MasterCard. So that's quite exciting to see that happen. And uh, there's not a big volume of those, so they're quite interesting, exciting, and important um, when when they actually do get to the funding stage, there's three sort of gates that you got to go through um, the original concept, and then you get to a, to a committee, and they'll look at whether it's interesting enough to put forward to the CEO, and the CEO then look and, and finally validate and write the check, um, and, and and off they go and uh, 
and build their startup. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one actually uh, turns out. I heard also that you're believers in design thinking and, and sprints. Can you tell us about your, your launchpad processes? So yeah, Launchpad is uh, is uh, something that we're very proud of. It's one of our most important innovation products for our customers. So when you when you bear in mind our customers are primarily uh, financial institutions or banks, um, and a lot of the time they're dealing with legacy systems. Um, perhaps a lot of bureaucracy internally. It's just the nature of uh, what banks are. So whenever we come along and say, you know what, we can help you innovate or meet a challenge that you see coming down the line, um, gather together a few of your senior people, um, uh, relevant stakeholders that, that, that are interested in either protecting business, growing business, uh, and we'll put them in a room with our most intelligent people um, from an innovation perspective, And we'll take you through a design thinking methodology, figure out some unmet needs or problem statements that you're trying to solve against, help you come up with solutions in that and bring them to life through a working prototype, high fidelity video presentation that demonstrates what the user experience would be and a pitch deck that you can actually take back to your executive teams to say, look, here's something that we think we should be doing in business. This is what it's done. This is what the business model is going to be and we need funding for it. And that's a five-day process that is exciting and fulfilling for all involved. Uh, you feel pretty wiped out at the end of it uh, because they're not nine to five. It's usually you're, you're up till midnight every night uh, working on it uh, to get through the five-day sprint. But the outputs are usually uh, hugely valuable for, uh, for the participants. And I know that you're working not just with your consumers or customers in, in this sense uh, on innovation. You're also working with startups uh, through the StartPath program. Can you, can you tell us how that works? So the StartPath program, it's, it's, it's pretty cool actually because um, MasterCard's seen as a, a I guess a, a financial technology organization uh, and we're, we're global. We like to think we're, we're lean and agile. Uh, you know, let's face it, we're a global corporate. But what we have is an accelerator program that allows us to scar the, the world. Fortunately, we, we are a global organization. So, so looking around the world for best of breed fintech startups. And we define startup as you know, later stage, really. So well-funded, good traction, uh, or you know, good customer bases, um, generating revenues, primarily looking to enter new markets, perhaps, where we can add the most value. So, you know, introduce them to, to new regions where there's different legislation, regulatory uh, or, or, or otherwise. Uh, that we can help them um, uh, navigate their way through, introducing the new customers. And what we get out of it is, first of all, being at the leading edge of technology and understanding what the next subject matter coming down the line is going to be and introducing that to our customers and making sure that they understand what's coming down the line to keep them relevant as well. So the StartPath program, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really valuable. And we're seeing it as being really popular as well. I mean, the amount... Each intake we have, we probably have six, seven, eight hundred applications, maybe more, and we have two or three intakes a year. When you get on, you know you've really won something as a startup. Um, and I know because uh, the startup that failed on me before it failed, we'd actually got down uh, quite close to uh, to getting accepted onto it, and we were gutted when we didn't. <laughs> so. How do you really measure success of such innovation labs? I guess that's one of the challenges that what what gets measured gets somehow developed and. 
and uh, how do you see the space being actually measurable in whatever ways? How, what do you see as the main success measures of labs like this? There's a variety of ways. You know, not all of it is very tangible. So whenever you're in innovation, if you stop, you're going backwards. So a lot of it is just keeping forward momentum, making sure that you know, the SART Path program has got you know, fresh blood coming through it, making sure our uh, research and development has got new concepts and MVPs going into our portfolios, um, whether it be through financial inclusion, digital payments, authentication and security, new flows, so blockchain, for example. And how do we, we, we best leverage the anonymized data that we uh, are custodians of? How do we measure successes? By making sure that all of those processes that we have or portfolios that we have or the accelerator always feels alive and organic that there's new subject matter topics coming into it that we are ruthless enough to kill the ones that we don't feel are going to go anywhere that's a tougher challenge i think in many companies you don't really yeah. like to kill companies like some even call them uh, walking dead or zombies so yeah. projects that uh, nobody believes will actually work but We keep them because of political reasons in corporations sometimes. <laughs> I, was, I was at this event recently and I started using the analogy of, uh, you know, a baby. And I, I, I'm going to do it again. I'm digging a hole for myself right now. Uh, but I started talking about, you know, it's uh, whenever you've got uh, a, a startup or um, a portfolio MVP, someone's come up with the idea. Mm. And, you know, like everybody's baby, you know, if it's your baby, it's the most beautiful baby in the world, right? You know, and I started getting into this, and I said, "You don't want to kill your baby, right?" Oh, <laughs> so wants nobody wants to kill it. So yeah, it is a, it's a it's a challenge actually retiring or sunsetting anything that you don't think is going to you know get to market. But I think it's a healthy process from time to time uh, to make sure that you go through and you take out the the things that are stagnating. If you're not interested in it after a while, and you just move on. And uh, as long as you're you've got a process of defining what success or failure looks like in those realms you're pretty good but usually the decision for removing is taken out of the hands of the parent <laughs> so that's that's, that's the, the the cleanest way of putting that one labs like yours i assume have the advantage and the excitement of working on what's coming soon or what's ahead and can you share some of the topics or areas or trends that are you're focusing on right now what are the the, the hottest areas for you right now so in in, in labs in general in, in in payments and in fintech in general uh, you know artificial intelligence is a big deal so machine learning and national language processing i guess one of the most fun or coolest parts of that is when you look at uh, voice assistants mm -hmm. so alexa google home and and how we're putting payment experiences within voice activated instructions making it invis invisible it's yeah I mean, and uh, it's, it's my favorite personally because it is so invisible it's so ambient alexa Uh, have I got any messages from MasterCard? Mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, well, your daughter's just... Uh, buy me an airplane ticket to something. Fantastic <laughs> stuff, yeah. And then you blend that in with, you know, um, with chatbots that are, you know, embedded within uh, messaging apps. Places where payments meets commerce, you know, that's no matter where that commerce happens, you know, mm -hmm. if you can get payments in, 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 in embedded within, you know, that, that that's a really cool place to be. But 
artificial intelligence as I said blockchain getting bored hearing about blockchain really because it's everyone's been talking you know primarily cryptocurrencies uh, an interesting part of blockchain for me has been national digital currency and exploring what that really means so you see some uh, countries have been dabbling in that Sweden for example with the e-krona Estonia e-coins and um, and, you know, understanding what's driving those central banks for even exploring those things is quite cool. Because when you look at what I call the shadow economy in Europe, the shadow economy is something like two trillion euros per year, untaxed money. The people who are using that cash, you know, don't want to be traced. But how do you use a combination of some sort of national digital currency, perhaps, or existing uh, payment rails that we already have, you know, whether it be cards or uh, faster payments, that sort of thing. But how do you get money digitized? Whether it be in a crypto way or whether it be just in a on card reels, the challenge is getting it in there, and then you combine that with identity. So using blockchain for you know electronic identity, primarily you know, it's, it's easy to get your head around. You know, perhaps you're looking at refugees and people being displaced from their countries for whatever reason, and maybe they don't have any ident- official identity or, or papers with them anymore. But actually, to get aid, uh, you got to prove who they are. So, so you look at some some of the uh, some of the cool stuff around blockchain where where you can actually really do some good at the same time is 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 important i think what else is going on in those space virtual reality you know augmented reality you know so so there's some real interesting gadgets around you whether they become mainstream or not i'm I, i'm not sure but in a mastercard labs perspective it's important that we what we call play with purpose that we understand how these things might manifest and at least have opinion on them so yes yeah, so that's 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 the fun stuff in my job. The serious play, as our friends from Lego would say. My f- final questions. One is, I guess many people, when they think of innovation, they think of adding new opportunities, new possibilities, and new dots to connect. But in most cases, the biggest challenge is actually not in adding new things, but in unlearning old things. Do you think that the industry or banking or in general financials, maybe including MasterCard, has to unlearn some things or um, redefine how they have been doing stuff and get that challenge? Uh, it's, it's a good question. It's a, it's, it's a difficult one to answer. Now, I'll give you an example as, a, as an opinion. Historically, banks have had customers that are within their own borders and they'll compete for those customers. So if a country has 10 million people and you've got a two or three main banks and maybe they've got 5 million or 3 million uh, customers each and they're always using marketing campaigns to compete over the sort of the fringe, sort of either the, the 18 year olds that are just coming into banking, trying to figure out how to get sell more loans or whatever it may be. But when digital capabilities started coming along and you see some, certainly in the banking industry, some of the digital fintech uh, startups, I guess, gaining network effects as they've launched. So I'm thinking of the Revoluts or the N26s and ones as these sort of digital banks are digital only banks coming along and you can learn a lot from them. So what I would say is for traditional banking organizations should be unlearning the fact that they've got borders. And actually, and I'm from Ireland, so I use Ireland as an example. Ireland have got a diaspora of something like 70 or 80 million people. Mm-hmm. I can't figure that one out myself because we've only got five or six million people who live in Ireland. <laughs> so God knows what went on to get 70 million elsewhere. But anyway, if you put yourselves in the shoes of a traditional bank, a traditional Irish bank in that example, and think of them fighting over a few million 
customers where there's a potential 70 million customers around the world. Or even more, or if even you can more. think beyond the national borders. Well, it, well, exactly. But but as a starter for 10, let's just say, okay, we're going to have a digital product that suits our diaspora, that taps into the affinity they have with their, their home country. You start transforming the nature of business. You start thinking about, okay, how can I double my customer base, how can I you know, multiply my customer base by 10 rather than how do I get another 50,000 customers over the next year from my main competitor? So there are the things there. So unlearning as far as what is my total addressable marketplace mm-hmm. and redefining that, I think, is an interesting lesson for any bank in any country. You've already mentioned building innovation muscles. Beyond the unlearning skill, what do you see are the biggest muscles that corporates right now need to build so that they really succeed in this innovation game? Fast twitch muscles, you know, agility. We all like to think, especially in corporates that were agile, but, you know, rather than, I think embracing, embracing technology rather than worrying about it as, a, as, as, as competition. So PSD2 in Europe is a good example of this. So when the regulations came along and all of a sudden, hey, we've got to open up our banking services via APIs and we can't even charge for it. Oh my God, you know, we're going to get crucified by the fintechs. But actually in real life, you know, those APIs can be consumed by yourself. And rather than just thinking everyone's a competitor, who can you collaborate with? How do you make it more interesting from a customer experience point of view in partnering with some of the fintech startups, embracing them and bringing them into the fold, maybe through acquisition, maybe just through any sort of commercial partnership. But rather than just saying that they're the enemy, you know, treat them as kindred spirits and bring them into the fold. I can see that even in the logo of MasterCard, where you see those two circles and see this shared space in between. And, and I guess uh, for us at the heart, we've seen that actually a lot of innovation is changing from your ivory tower of R&D to actually created those shared spaces with different industries, different customers and so on. So I guess that's a, that's a great tip. Thank you very much for, for sharing your insights, Paul, and good luck with your farther journey with MasterCard. No, thanks, Thomas. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Heart Tech Podcast. 